Brooklyn Way Podcast, where we talk the Brooklyn Way, we act the Brooklyn Way, and we spread love the Brooklyn Way. What's up, everybody, and welcome to the first episode of the Brooklyn Way Podcast with yours truly, Anthony Puccio, better known as Pooch in Atlantic Avenue in Brooklyn. So let's get right into it. Kenny Atkinson and the Brooklyn Nets. The news came out on Saturday that the two had parted ways one day after the Nets got an 18-point victory over the San Antonio Spurs. It was one of their best victories of the season where they scored 139 points, most points this season, and third most in franchise history. Um, It was very puzzling. Uh, After everything that Kenny Atkinson had done for this organization, taking them from a 20-win team up until a 28-win team, turning that team into a 42-win team and, and playoff team, one that lost to the Philadelphia 76ers in the first round. Tough first-round battle, tough team. They had a good core. Kenny had, had, had developed players in Joe Harris and Spencer Dinwiddie, D'Angelo Russell, Damari Carroll, Jared Allen. I mean, the list could go on forever and ever. I mean, what you saw from Kenny Atkinson was the Brooklyn Nets. He was the Nets. He was the heart and soul. And it felt like last summer when they got rid of D'Angelo Russell and and, and the rest of the crew that they lost half of their heart. They lost half of Brooklyn. Everything that Sean Marks and the Nets had uh, stood for when he took over from day one, um, it just seemed out of the door. But the saving grace for the culture that that they had preached and everything, continuity and development and patience and and working as a team, and this, that, and the other thing, you know, being a family-oriented culture, um, it, it just it it felt like some of that was gone. But again, the saving grace was that Kyrie Irving, Kevin Durant, DeAndre Jordan were all coming through the door. The clean sweep of Brooklyn. This week's episode of the Brooklyn Way Podcast is brought to you by Infinity Screen and Pad Printing, where I get all my custom jerseys, shirts, whatever it might be. I get my football jerseys there. I get my softball jerseys there. Heck, I even get my Brooklyn Way podcast merchandise over there. So anything that you might need customized, make sure that you visit them at infinitysnp.com. That's infinitysnp.com. They do great work over there. Ask for Bob and tell him that Pooch sent you. Now the Nets come out with this news on Saturday morning, very early Saturday morning, um, and I was floored. I mean, I was absolutely floored when I got the news. I, I put it up on Twitter, and I just I couldn't understand exactly what was going on. Now, you got to understand, again, this, is, this was a day after the Nets had beaten the San Antonio Spurs by 18. But it also came three days after they suffered their worst defeat of the season. It was a 39-point loss to the Memphis Grizzlies, and that's when things start to get choppy. I had spoken to a couple people on the inside trying to find out what had exactly had happened with Kenny Atkinson and, and why he was fired. And uh, immediately, you know, a couple sources had told me that some of the players wanted Kenny gone. Um, some. There were no names. There was nothing said, nobody specific, nothing like that. Uh, just that, you know, some of them wanted him gone and that Joe Sy had, had spoken to some of the players and the decision was made there. Um, so really that was the key factor in all of this. And again, I understand this is how this is how 
coaches obviously get fired when they lose some of their players. But it was just so shocking that it happened in this light after a big win in the first week of March, you know, with one month until the playoffs. Now, I get it. I get it. You know, this is kind of a – in the eyes of everybody else, it's a lost season. But but to me, it's still a playoff season. This, these guys are on on their way to the playoffs, and, and you're going to fire this guy, get rid of him, you know, a month a month before – playoffs start while they're in their final stretch it was just extremely puzzling so did a little extra digging and found out that you know look again some of the players wanted him gone and you guys could draw your own conclusions from that but another source had told me that after the Nets were losing by they were losing by five against the Memphis Grizzlies and Kenny Atkinson had wanted uh I looked at the bench and put Jared Allen in instead of DeAndre Jordan. And, and, and DeAndre Jordan was puzzled by this decision. He was not happy. And then the Nets eventually went down by 40 points. And Kenny turned to the bench and supposedly looked at DeAndre. And DeAndre said, you know, no, ne- you know, now you want to put me in? That kind of thing. So I'm not here to blame DeAndre Jordan. I'm not, I'm not saying it's his fault that Kenny got fired or anything like that. But there were some things. There were some signs there as to why he was fired and another source that came out and said you know look the basis of this is that he had lost most of the locker room you know you can make what you want out of the whole DeAndre situation and this whole situation but um look in in the first game of the post Kenny Atkinson era where Jacques Vaughn is coaching you know it's his first game and and look Jacques is 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 he's coaching for a position right now you know he wants that job and and what's the first thing that happens in the post-Kenny Atkinson era? DeAndre Jordan starts over Jared Allen. DeAndre Jordan started four games this season prior to, prior to the game against the Bulls. You know, it, it just... Look, again, I'm not here to throw guys under the table, but the writings are on the wall. I think you guys can make your own conclusions as to who who pulled this and, and, and who was kind of behind this. And I'll say it again. If Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan wanted Kenny Atkinson to be their coach, Kenny Atkinson would still be the coach of the Brooklyn Nets. So when I look at, at mutually parted ways, mutually agreed to part ways, um, I think it's a little bit of a disservice. I think that the Nets fired Kenny Atkinson, but... At the same time, Kenny understood that his voice no longer resonated with the locker room. He has a whole new team. You know, there's only five guys from last year's team that are still on the team, four that are still in the rotation. When you look at Joe Harris, Spencer Dinwiddie, Jared Allen, and Karis LeVert. So that alone, you know, again, you can make your own conclusions of this, that, and the other thing when I say some of the guys, but uh, that was one thing that I had heard. Um, I thought that Kenny deserved the respect after everything that he did, after everything he did for this organization, turning them around, this, that, and the other thing. You know, you could question his coaching tactics or whatever it is, but it worked, especially with minimal talent. It worked. And, you know, I expected him to at least see the light at the end of the tunnel that he built, that tunnel that he built. And... They didn't give him that opportunity, which is just flat out wrong. And to me, it seems unmarks, unshawn marks like. It just doesn't seem like a move. It seemed like they were in this together. They wanted from day one. 
You know, I kind of saw a Pat Riley and Eric Spolster type of culture forming. Now, I'm not saying the, the Nets are the Miami Heat, but I think that they're the Heat are a good replication of what the Nets kind of wanted to do. But, you know, when, when you get superstars in your culture and, and, and what Sean Marks and Kenny Atkinson had preached, really Sean Marks, what he had preached all these years, you know, once these superstars came in the building, it was like a lot of that went out of the window. It was like, um, you know, things had changed, and, and it's understandable. This is a player's league. This is a superstar's league. You have to expect things to change. But when you're the Nets and you have a good culture and you have something nice going and, and, and you know, you, it's, it's really about the work environment that these guys are entering. You have a plan in place, very strategic in the way you do things. Uh, you have to follow the plan a little bit. I mean, you have to adjust. But the only way that this thing would have worked and the only way that this thing will work going forward is if these guys, these new players and the Nets and their culture, they meet in the middle. That's the only way this thing is going to work. But as a result, there were consequences to this. Kenny Atkinson got fired. Kenny Atkinson got fired for overachieving the past two years. It's absolutely blasphemous. And I understand, again, I have, I have made this point on several occasions. It's a superstars league. The Nets are going to do what Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving want them to do. But at some point, you have to have some integrity, some pride. This has been your coach for the last three-plus seasons, and he's done nothing but improve and overachieve, and you got rid of that man. And as a matter of fact, to add to that, to add to that point, you didn't even give him a chance to coach these guys. I mean, look at what he was playing with this year. He overachieved the season. The Nets are the seventh seed in the East. He overachieved. Kevin Durant didn't play at all this year. Kyrie Irving played 20 games, and he was in and out of the lineup. And Karis LeVert missed the majority of the season due to that th uh, thumb surgery. So Kenny was playing with Spencer as his number one option, Joe Harris as his number two option, and Jared Allen as his number three option. And they were still able to stay afloat. You know, without Kyrie Irving, or excuse me, with Kyrie Irving, they were 8-12. and 12. You know, without him, they were above average team. So it, it, just, it just goes to show that Kenny still, the one thing you could say about him from day one up until the very day that he got fired is that he got the very most out of his team. Here's where things get all choppy once again. If you start to lose the locker room, and, and especially the new guys in the locker room, you know, they're not buying into what he's selling and, and, and what he's saying, and his voice isn't resonating, and, and the culture talk and this, that, and the other thing aren't working, then it's just not going to work the way it used to. It, it, it just isn't, it isn't right. It isn't the way things are supposed to be. So I can understand why Kenny kind of had that that feel to maybe maybe a little bit of an itch to get out there. Like, you know, knowing that that his time in Brooklyn was running short, that, that he wasn't going to get the opportunity to coach those guys. Um, you know, maybe it was a matter of get me out now, you know, because this is almost like torturous. You know, I, I'd rather Jacques have, have a chance at, at coaching this team, and that's Jacques Vaughn who's going to be the interim coach, Kenny's assistant. And um, I think now Kenny, for his situation, is probably the best – best case scenario he could go home spend some time with his family he'll be the first coach on the market and look I don't think anybody's crying for Kenny Atkinson in terms of person like personally because he's going to get a job in 10 minutes he'll basically get whatever job he wants in this league especially for a young developing team but uh 
I'm disappointed in the Nets organization and the way that they've handled things. I'm disappointed that uh, Kenny Atkinson isn't going to see, you know, the fruit to the labor that he put into this organization, and that is Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Because let's not get something mistaken. The Nets, the Nets are going to be championship contenders next season, and you know they're going to be they're going to be just fine. Whatever coach steps into this position is walking into a great situation, but a great situation that Kenny Atkinson had set up. Now, I'm not here to speculate or, or do anything along those lines, throw anybody under the bus, but when we talk about some of the players wanted him gone and, and things like that, um, it is worth looking into Kyrie Irving and Kenny Atkinson's relationship. You know, one source had told me that they had a bit of a disagreement when, when Kyrie Irving was out for those eight weeks with the, with the shoulder impingement. Um, I think Kenny was asking Kyrie just, you know, what like what's going on? You know, are you going to play or are you not going to play? Because let's, let's get something understood here. You know, Sean Marks didn't speak to the media throughout that whole time that Kyrie was out. Kyrie Irving didn't speak to the media, and he doesn't have to because he's hurt. But that makes Kenny the fall man because he's the only one that's that's speaking to the media. He talks before the games and he talks after the games. And when you don't tell your fans, you don't give them any sort of update or anything like that, you, you have your superstar player on the sideline out with a shoulder injury, a, a mysterious shoulder injury, injury nonetheless. You know, people are going to ask questions, of course. You know, it's the media's job. It's, it's, it's a journalist's job to ask what is going on. And, you know... It's like Kenny was being told one thing, but he knew another thing. And 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 he was up on that stage and he, he was again, he was the fall guy. He was, you know, contradicting answers game at the game and you know, I put very little blame on him for that because again, it was like he was the fall guy. So I think he was asking Kyrie, you know, when are you coming back or what are you gonna play? Because I need to know I need to know what to say. Kenny Kenny was just getting kind of fed up with the whole situation and you know, I, I think that we saw something special after Kobe Bryant's death. Um, Kyrie Irving was obviously distraught after all that. And if you remember correctly, he scored 55 in a game and, and Kenny Atkinson and him hugged. And it was it was a nice, a nice photo, a nice moment. It was the first moment that I really ever saw them connect emotionally. You know, you see Kenny Atkinson, he's a player's coach. He loves his players. He loves his guys. You see the way he talks to Spencer Dinwiddie and he acts around those guys, Karis LeVert, uh, Jared Allen. You know, he like, like he really is, he really is like a player in that locker room. I know he's the coach and 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 he could get hard on these guys sometimes, but you know, he he really does care. And even D'Angelo Russell last year, they had their differences, but they also had their moments where they understood that, you know, D'Angelo needed needed Kenny just as much as Kenny needed D'Lo. And and that's what the season came down to was was them two finally coming together and and them ending up making this ridiculous run, you know, at the starting the season eight and eighteen and those two guys got along and 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 they figured it out and they got to the playoffs they they toughed through it, so, you know I I feel like Kenny did genuinely care about Kyrie and I I I feel like he genuinely did care about all these guys, uh, but I think once he understood that. They didn't want him around anymore, or they were lo- that 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 he was losing them. Uh, that was it for him, and I think that he accepted it. And and you know, it's just the way that it went down. The fact again, and I'll reiterate this point 
a hundred times, and I'll keep saying this. The fact that Kenny Atkinson opened this door, brought the Nets to where they are today, and they fire him, they get rid of him, they mutually agree to part ways, however you want to put it. Kenny Atkinson didn't get a chance. He didn't even get a chance to coach these superstars. So everybody, whether you, whether you agree with with the firing or not, you know, a lot of Nets fans wanted him out. A lot of Nets fans loved him. You know, they felt like he was part of the family. And, you know, whatever you say about Kenny's coaching, whether you disagree or not, at the very least, I think you show the man the respect of giving him an opportunity because we don't know what he looks like as a head coach with two superstars on his team. The best player he ever had was D'Angelo Russell. And that was it. And they went to the playoffs as a sixth seed, and they gave the Sixers a run for their money. In an improbable run, nonetheless. Again, they started 8-18, and 18 and, and they turned the season around. You know, so I think it was just, look, if, if it was Kenny's time to go, then so be it. So the Nets have a press conference that Saturday afternoon at, at HSS practice facility, and, and they hold a press conference, and um, they have Jacques Vaughn come out. Sean Marks comes out and, and, you know, doesn't say a whole lot of much, but it was basically, you know, him telling telling the media that uh, Kenny kind of knew it was time that, that they agreed that uh, it would be best for them both to go in a different direction. Um, and, and you look at the guys that they brought out. You know, they brought out Karis LeVert, who was obviously very upset and, 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 and had said, you know, me and Kenny – had a really strong relationship. And, and he, they bring out Spencer Dinwiddie, who had a strong relationship with Kenny Atkinson. You know, Kenny Atkinson made this guy's career. He, he developed him and turned him into, you know, a G League player into a borderline all-star. And you have Joe Harris come out. And, and Joe Harris is what I always said. You know, if Kenny Atkinson were a basketball player, if you could mold him into a basketball player, that's that's who Kenny Atkinson would be. You know, a, a hard-working guy that 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 shoots a whole lot of threes and efficient shots at the rim you know it just everything that Kenny implemented into this culture was Joe Harris you know that blue collar hardworking, developing type of player that 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 got better that starting started from nothing you know Kenny Atkinson started coaching for years and years over in Europe and and in different countries overseas and did everything he possibly could he was a division one basketball player he moved on to coaching overseas and then Finally, he got he got a couple of assistant coaching gigs, you know, with the New York Knicks during their days with Wilson Chandler and Carmelo Anthony and those guys, and then uh, the Atlanta Hawks and Mike Budenholzer and those guys, and then he got his chance with the Nets. and And I'll say this again: Kenny overachieved with the Nets, and it, it's something worth making clear. Atkinson is the reason why. The Nets are in this position today, you know, and I said this before, but he's the reason why they're in in this position today. He was not perfect, and no coach is, but he deserved better from, from what he did with this organization, you know, and that just goes back to my point that the Nets have not practiced what they preached in regards to culture, and that comes as soon as the superstars came. Kenny Atkinson will find a job. He'll be coveted around the league, and he'll end up on top. But if the Nets do win a championship one day, or they do get to that point where where they're contending and, and all that that fun stuff that's going to come with KD and Kyrie, 
it's going to be awfully disappointing knowing that Kenny Atkinson helped create this thing, helped build this thing, and he isn't a part of it. So that's really all I have to say about that. If the Nets could put the hammer down on Kenny Atkinson after everything he's done for them and everything that has happened this season, I'm not putting anything past them going into the summer, especially when it comes into regard to the guys that, that have been here since day one. You know, you look at Joe Harris. He's a free agent next season. Uh, you know, Kenny was his biggest advocate. And, and I know the analytics and everything like that. That You know, he, he just fits the Brooklyn Nets mold. You know, he, he he would be great with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving because this team needs as many shooters. A shooter like Joe Harris, nonetheless, is useful to any team. But, you know, when, when KD and Kyrie are getting doubled, it'll be awfully nice to have a guy like Joe Harris wide open on, you know, the right wing extended for three, you know. But... You know, now with Kenny gone, I'm unsure that Joe Harris comes back. You know, he took a discount his first his first time around, his first contract extension. He's not going to do that again. Joe's going to go make his money, and I'm unsure if he's going to come back. All season long, I was saying Joe is coming back, Joe is coming back. But now that's that's in question. I look at the other guys. You know, Jared Allen. I look at, at Spencer Dinwiddie. I look at Karis LeVert. And I think... Anything is on the table with these guys. I think there's no promises that these guys will be back. If you want to support the podcast, go to patreon.com slash the Brooklyn way. That's patreon.com slash the Brooklyn way. And if you want to learn more about us, maybe drop me a line. Go to brooklynwaypod.com. We have a store, an about me section, merchandise section where you can get sweaters, hoodies, crewnecks, hats, backpacks, moleskin, notebooks, Anything that you might need, you could go get at our store. You could check it out at brooklynwaypod.com. This week's episode of the Brooklyn Way Podcast was written by Anthony Puccio. That's me. And produced by Mike Dolan. So on that note, guys, it's been real. It's been nice. In other words, it's been real nice. I'll talk to you guys next week. Brooklyn's in the house, baby! And that, folks, is the Brooklyn Way with Poo.